0: Good evening and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host Gary Morgan. With me as always is my good friend Jim Stam. How you doing, brother?
1: I am good. I feel like we got lots to catch up on. Gary, haven't had a chance to talk to you in a few days, so we'll just do it now.
0: Yeah, we've been all over the place, and uh, we were trying to get our, our friend Dougie Fresh on, but man, we had some technical difficulties. So, it's just going to be Jim and I, which which is okay. I think we know each other and like each other enough to hang <laughs> hang tight for a little bit. Um, so first, I wasn't expecting to start with this, but we're going to start with a Brian Reynolds signing, right?
1: Yes, two we years,
0: are. six and a half million per. So he gets a little more than he was scheduled to get this year. And a little more potentially all told, I think it's probably going to be a wash for what he would have gotten in arbitration next year anyway. Pretty close. Uh, What do you think? I mean, I know uh, a lot of people probably don't really understand what's going on here.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, it's kind of funny. You know, we spend so much time thinking about the uh, baseball side of things. That's not really where I went this time with it initially. Um, I, almost immediately, I thought about it from the personal side of things for Brian Reynolds and his family, you know, and, um, just the fact that this is something that they don't have to worry about. Uh, it's done and it's taken care of for a couple of years. There's some good peace of mind there. You don't want to be stuck throughout a season having stuff like this hanging over their head. And, uh, yeah, Brian Reynolds, he seems like a cool customer. But this stuff can weigh on you and I'm just glad it's done and it's over with for now. And then we can revisit it, you know, and that's really I mean, where I, I
0: was. I think we hear an awful lot, you know, that um, this isn't going to change anything, right? He could still get traded. Nothing's really changed. His control is the exact same. He's going to have two years of arbitration when this thing expires. So if they wanted to move him, they still could. The, th- sure. the point is they don't want to move him. I think the big the big takeaway here is um, and I think we've seen a little bit of, of a hint of it recently, I think Bob Nutting's kind of getting sick of um, dealing with the, the constant hit parade of the rebuild himself. Um, I think he's tired of making moves that don't make sense to anybody. You know, like, like taking him to arbitration, not having somebody like Hayes wrapped up yet, having no stake in the ground. I think he kind of got sick of hearing that. And it was reflected in his statement when they signed Hayes. And I expect it to be reflected when they announced the Reynolds signing. It's certain the,
1: the thing that certainly seemed to get uh, his attention and maybe, uh, get under his skin a little bit was how the Reynolds thing happened and how it unfolded and um because he seems to be pretty hands-off uh I think that might have caught him a little bit by surprise and then didn't like the optics of that so progress on that front sometimes as an owner I think you do have to step in and um and say nope, not acceptable. And, I think there's um, a
0: few moves that have taken place that have really tarnished this team's reputation over the years. That you would have wanted traditionally an owner to step in every once in a while, Gary. It, you you walk a fine line as an owner. You don't want Daniel Snyder, but you want them to, <laughs> but you want them to open their mouths when something stupid's happening. And yeah. he hasn't done that in the past. He's trusted his leadership group, and and to a fault. And this time that that was the exact same track they were going down. He trusted his leadership group. And I, I'm not saying that he doesn't because they signed Reynolds today or anything, but I think there's a limit to it. There's, Hey, I get what you're doing, Ben, but I need a win. You know, you got to do something here to show the fans that like we are turning a corner because the team is still not going to be good this year. I have to sell tickets at some point, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to I don't want to sit here and paint it out like oh Bob's turned over a new leaf he's a great guy. But I also will say human nature kind of dictates that this is the way it is, you know, people have their their Irish up and I'm allowed to say that I'm Irish. People have their Irish up a little bit about Bob nutting and rightfully so. But when he does something good, I think it's okay to like send that positive message at him. Like, hey, you did something good here. Not letting him forget that there's more to do. Not letting him forget that he has failed us in the past. But when, when he does provide a win for us, let's take the win. Let's give him positive reinforcement for what he's given us. So that at least he feels like there's a reward for doing it, right? <laughs> Beyond like just trying. That's yeah. all I'm saying
1: yeah and look, I mean, if you stripped everything down away from this and just put it out there uh, without this specific owner and this specific organization and things attached to it, they're just really good things that have happened. So let's acknowledge that let's let's uh let's celebrate that, but at the same time understand that this is a process and they've got other things that they need to do. But right now, look; these are two really good things that have happened. They they kind of corrected a, a a mistake here uh, with the Reynolds situation. It's not going to go to arbitration this year or next. They got Hayes signed to universally. What I think is people acknowledging that it was a good uh, contract, except one uh, uh, classy lady in New York. But uh, <laughs> other but other than that, hey, I mean. Look, this is what this is what we wanted. Is it is it the bare minimum? Did they have a hiccup along the way still? Yes. But we got what we wanted and let's let's acknowledge that part of it at least.
0: Yeah, let's at least I think step back from what has been, what is just for once. Say the general manager was going to do something that was at least going to be unpalatable to the fan base and potentially damaging to a relationship with the best player on the team. And the owner, for once, stepped in and said, I don't want to do this. Make it not happen. And we know from reporting that as of yesterday, Brian Reynolds and his team had not been approached. Yeah. That's how quickly this came together. I mean, we that reporting came from two different sources. That was Dayon and Jason Mackey. He mm-hmm. had not been approached as of yesterday. That's how quickly this happened.
1: Well, then that does tell you something, that uh, there's really only one person that can facilitate something like that that quickly. Um, and for once, uh, Uh, bob nutting seemed to do something uh proactive and um so i'm 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 happy with where things are it's still going to be a tough season but these are some of the foundation pieces and building blocks that we need to see
0: absolutely great first step great first segment let's take a quick break come back we're going to hammer some other really interesting topics Alright, and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you again. And uh, next topic I want to talk about, Jim, is really social media. It's it's probably been a vocal minority, but man, it feels like dog with a bone a little bit. When you <laughs> what is ta- this
1: what is this social media you speak of? <laughs> hmm, okay.
0: Fill me in. Oh, it's all going to change once Elon finally buys it, but <laughs> it's it's just something that I find silly, okay? One good swing from O'Neal Cruz in AAA, and you get a, a page or three filled with Kevin Newman bashing as though that's the guy stopping O'Neal Cruz from being up here, and O'Neal Cruz praising ignoring his overall statistics so far this early in the season. It's just kind of overwhelming. And then once they actually do get up here, like Diego Castillo, well, you got to see him every single game and every single inning. He can't ever, ever come out, right? Because that's how rookies are always handled. They're anointed, right? They're all the Steelers offensive line.
1: Baseball, especially in Pittsburgh, we've been known to, um, prospect hug and, um, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for salivate over, because that's usually the hope that we have here. It's what
0: they give us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're trained here a little bit to do that, uh, full disclosure, but then it just gets, it's, it starts to get carried away. Um, now, you know, do, do I say I, – I will say this. I do think that when I see uh, Diego Castillo uh, turn in a three-for-five performance, um, do I think he should start the next day? Yeah, I, I do, and that's something else we'll probably touch on at some point, either this podcast or another one about these preset lineups and, and whatnot think as a hitter when you're feeling that good you just want to be in there the next day you you can't get enough you can't get enough at bats when you're swinging the bat well um you know you just when you're when you're hitting well you're thinking about where you're going to get your next hit that's that's really what it feels like
0: when you're seeing it like a beach ball you don't (laughs) want to take them out right yeah it's in hockey when when somebody's feeling it, you want them to shoot from every awful angle that they possibly could. You you yes. know because there's a good chance it's going in, they're feeling it.
1: So yeah, I get that aspect of it. Now when we get to a guy like Cruz, I mean look, we already know what his potential and the things he can do in particular at bats and his exit velocity and what he can do with hitting bad pitches and just the, the natural ability. But um, we can cherry pick that stuff all we want. We definitely want to be looking big picture here. And sometimes I think that's hard for fans to do in baseball. Does that make it's, sense? It's, yeah. It
0: makes total sense. That's the thing. I can sit here and tell you like, Oh, that's wrong thinking or, or whatever. But, It's completely rational, natural thinking. Of course you want these guys to come up. Of course you do. There's just things they have to check off up here, too. I mean, when you bring up like a Diego Castillo, of course I want his hot bat in the lineup the next day. Of course I do. But with a rookie, there's certain things you don't want him to see until you're ready for him to see it. Sometimes that's as simple as, we don't know if right away we want to see what you look like two days in a row in the major leagues. Let's let's see what you look like with a day of rest in between. Let's make you show me you need it. Then let's, let's see what it looks like when you play three games in a row. Now let's see what you look like when you face a lefty and two righties. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's little things that kind of get checked off the box before you start. Think back to, like, Colin Moran. Okay. You I, you can say what you want about Colin Moran. I was
1: just going to say, I don't know if I want to do that, but okay, we'll do it.
0: Well, think back to Colin Moran. Yeah, Forever and ever people were devastated that Clint hurdle would not play him against left-handed pitching. They just kept railing about it. Don't, why can't you play him against left-handed pitching? Well, all of a sudden it came time that he had to face left-handed pitching because now he was the nailed on starter. So, there he was facing left-handed pitching, and what happened? He couldn't hit left-handed pitching because you could think two things. Either Clint Hurdle didn't allow him to develop into a good left-handed hitting guy, or there's a reason he didn't let him hit against <laughs> left-handed pitching.
1: Right? right. Sometimes sometimes you're protecting the player from themselves uh, depending on the situation.
0: Right. Right. Now, bad example because Colin Moran wasn't great. But, I mean, like, you you will have different things that some of these guys traditionally are good at. Diego Castillo, traditionally, in his upbringing, has been excellent at hitting fastballs. He has been not so great at hitting off-speed pitches. So, it made sense to not want to have him face Adam Wainwright on opening day in St. Louis, the second time he's ever set foot in a major league stadium. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily like everybody has to do the exact same path.
1: No. And, and, um, you know, uh, I think what, what sometimes happens is, and as we saw, he got thrown in, in that game, uh, and, uh we talked about how, how much Wainwright had fun with that, sure. Uh, just just uh, eating them up. But uh, the, I, as the season goes on, if you're still seeing it, if they're still being that inflexible with things, they've got to start testing him. They've got to start finding out what guys can do in different situations. My hope is that that's what happens. If they're doing these inflexible lineups three weeks out uh, where you don't change it regardless, do I love that? No, right. Do I expect it to? Do I expect it to change? Uh, not change. No, I think as the season goes on, you'll see more flexibility there.
0: I think you probably will too, and I, I think his play will dictate that. Like for instance, when they formulate their next plan for their next set of games, they'll have the history of what Diego Castillo has done in order to base that on. So more playing time will come. I just think it's it's a very stepped approach that the Pirates have in particular. It's probably more structured than a lot of teams. I don't like it, but I'm just trying to explain it because yeah, I don't that, think it's a day-to-day decision. I don't think it's like I intentionally am sitting the guy that went three for five yesterday. I think it just works out that way. And instead of making a decision that traditionally would be a baseball smart decision, like, yeah, well, that's, that's cute, Donnie. Put that lineup card away. I I think I'm going to play the guy that went three for five yesterday. They go well. That's what that's what the analytics told us, and they <laughs> they just do it anyway.
1: You have to understand. Um, first of all, uh, disclaimer. Yeah, I think both of us we would prefer it to be different and not as rigid. But there are organizations that when they say they are married to a philosophy or they are married to uh, certain analytical type approaches, they're, they're married to it. And um, that's yeah, just Blake's how they're now getting.
0: getting pulled out in the world series.
1: <laughs> I mean, say no more. Yeah. The guts to do that, the conviction to do that. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see this forever, but this is the path that they've set and um like it or not we kind of have to put up with it a little bit and let's also uh we're all guilty of this too which is we're looking at these lineups every day and we're treating them like they're playoff game lineups uh they're not it's a 162 game season of a team that still has a lot to figure out i'm guilty of it too So I'm not just ripping on anybody that does this. I think we all do this to an extent where we just see, God, uh, Van Meter batting fifth in the lineup makes me want to vomit. It should make you want to vomit, but that's where things are right now. (laughs) Let's be
0: blunt, too. You wouldn't be any happier to see him seventh. Like there's certain guys that you just don't want to see in the lineup. And that's really the crux of the issue with the lineups. That's really it. You don't want to see it anymore. And I, and I totally get it. All I can really tell you is like this entire season, everything that happens, like, let's say, let's say you got to get 40 games of Cole Tucker to make a, a thumbs up or thumbs down decision on the guy. Let's just say that that's a fair number. Maybe I'm even blowing it out. Maybe it's more like 20. But let's say it's 40 games. Man, when you you suffer through seeing him in the lineup 40 times this year and the team finally makes a decision, that's why you went through the pain. Because now they feel good about their decision. You may not feel it's progress to have him in the lineup. I certainly don't. But putting him in the lineup allows them to make the progress they need to make. It allows them to cross him off the list. He is no longer somebody we believe is going to help us. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, the argument some people will make and I totally get it will be is um, it's that we have to see it too much here in Pittsburgh with too many guys. We have to go through that process so many times. And, um, is it necessarily a hate of uh, a Cole Tucker? Probably not. It's a hate of the process here. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally get that. I think that wears thin on a lot of fans. It wears thin on us too. Um,
0: but everybody wants to see that guy come up and just do it too. Like Brian Reynolds just came uh-huh. up and just did it. If Brian Reynolds came up in 2019 and had his 2020, he goes right back down.
1: And that's, that's, the risk the you, that's the risk you run uh, sometimes. And that, could, that, that happens more often than not, how the Brian Reynolds thing had to ha- how it unfolded. Typically, that is not uh, what happens, you know, right. that someone comes out and looks like that because uh, they were kind of forced into that.
0: Yeah, and- in fact, Ken, Kevin Re- um, Newman came up in 2018, looked awful, awful in September to the point where they went out and got an alternate to play shortstop for them in 2019 uh, before Kevin Newman eventually won the job due to injury and then went on an offensive tear for him in 2019. And he's still living on that right now. That offensive outburst, coupled with the defense that he put together in in 2020 and 2021, waiting for those two to try to combine, that's what he's here for. I mean, you have to, no general manager in the league would not want to see if that came together for two reasons, not even because they think he's the future. If, If he is, if it does come together, that's a nice trade piece. He can actually get something for him. That's a former number one pick who is a, a starter nailed on gold glove candidate with a little bit of a stick. I mean, yeah, you I have to give that a shot. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. And it, and it has uh, so, you know, every time it seems like we mentioned Kevin Newman, people have to mention O'Neal Cruz. And I really do think that they're kind of separate. Uh, entities that don't really affect one another i think people people like to make that connection because they think that it's somehow um indicative of how one is doing over the other i i I just don't see it like that and um i think i'm just going to start throwing i'm just going to start typing out o'neill Cruz on twitter every day just o'neill Cruz period and i want to see what comes up because it's just wildly entertaining is there a more hot button issue right now um in in Pittsburgh with with players than O'Neill Cruz.
0: No, but I'll tell you what the, what what I always think is hilarious. All the people that that are putting out the exact date that he can come up when um, he would get the extra year of control. Mm-hmm. It's funny because they think that teams don't understand what they're doing when they manipulate. They're not going to bring him up the day of they all watched the kept the the chris bryant stuff <laughs> they all yeah. know, they all know what to avoid they're going to bring him up a week or two after that to try to take a little bit more of a dent out of his rookie of the year candidacy and more more people will cry about that too because they also are duly deputized and and controlling being the protectors of the players we must protect the prospects at all costs Jim, we are that wall. We will be the protectors of the prospects. We will not have Derek Shelton do his evil to them. You know, it, it, it it's
1: funny, and I think this is where we got here eventually. I think this is what we really wanted to go with on this topic uh, a little bit was uh, this crusading for young players sometimes. It's, yeah. it's a little um, – it gets a little weird sometimes. <laughs> it's really uh, weird. Yeah. You know, and um,
0: you can and, like them. Like there's that one dude from New York, I, literally bucks fan, New York or something. His favorite player is Mitch Keller. He's loved Mitch Keller the whole time. He, uh-huh. You know, since I started doing this 2019, this guy's been all about Mitch Keller, Mitch Keller, Mitch Keller. I know who you're Threw talking thick about. Thick and thin, good, bad, whatever he's done up, down, Mitch Keller's his favorite player. That's a little different than what I'm talking about. That's yeah. a guy that's just a fan, likes this player, really likes what he saw of him, wants him to it, do it, well
1: and is sticking with him through thick and thin.
0: That's it. That's yeah. all it is. And and I got no issue. We're talking about these people that like they have it forecasted out for for the next 7 years exactly how This kid's career should progress and where they're going and how much they should make and, and, you know, what's a good situation for them and you can't put them in that position. They're they're, They've been doing this their whole lives. That's because baseball players never change positions. I mean, Mike Schmidt changed positions for God's sake. Cal Ripken Jr. Changed positions. It happens in baseball. Flatty Junior. <laughs> got moved off third because it, it, he's It's
1: Count countless examples, though countless it, it, of, of of great of great players, great absolutely. great great players.
0: So I, I guess what is your overall thought on that? Like, what is going on? Why do people do that? I don't
1: know what it is. Um, and then as we're sitting here talking, I'm like, is it just a baseball thing? Um, I don't know, man. People get, people, people sure fell in love with James Washington with the Steelers. Um, I, you know, personality wise, it seems to be a little different in baseball. I think the attitude is that somehow baseball players. Well, in baseball, getting,
0: you can follow a player for five or six yeah, years before it, it, they've ever even gotten an opportunity. So, like, you're already, like, fully vested in them, you know? Right, right.
1: There, there's, there's a, there's a personal factor to it. Cause just like, yeah, you talk about James Washington. He was with Oklahoma State. I mean, and then all of a sudden, right. boom, he's a Steeler one day. So, uh, yeah, there's not that emotional investment.
0: I mean, the um, Penguins, I guess you get it a little Penguins, bit. Penguins a little bit.
1: But they but you get it a little bit.
0: They haven't been a prospect-driven team since Crosby came on. You know, so like the last one I can think of is Daniel Sprong. You know, and even now when he's just doing okay, in the league, somewhere, mm-hmm. you have people going. See, I told you, Daniel Sprung was the guy. He should have been next to Crosby all along. And it's like, are you not watching Brian Rust? Like, do you think Brian Rust sucks? Did they screw you know, up?
1: Look, <laughs> russ may russ may be decent, you know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. uh, but no, you know. Uh, so with baseball, it's funny. I think fans get attached. Hey, they can go to the minor league games. They see him up close. It's a more personal thing. Um, I just saw that firsthand, you know, uh, being down in Richmond uh, and seeing the the curve play. So uh, there's that aspect to it. Uh, I think there's this, whether it's uh, perceived or true, that baseball players are really taking advantage of. So I think people have a little bit of a bleeding heart for that, especially in the minors. And uh, so, yeah, people take up uh, arms for these guys. And it's really, it's really not that simple. You, you just because you think uh, someone's going to be good down the road doesn't mean that they're good right now. And you certainly don't want to expose them earlier than you have
0: to. No, but I'll tell you when it becomes a real problem. Because we already talked about like the, you know, you can't do the Kevin Newman O'Neal Cruz one to one. It's not what it is. It's just not. It's not the same thing. Kevin Newman can move to second. It doesn't matter. You know, uh-huh. Odell Cruz can play the outfield. It, we don't know. It's it's if the bats work, they're going to work. Kevin Newman hit that triple to clear the bases the other day. And my Twitter timeline was literally like F word, F word, F word. He's saying Cruz, stay down there. And it, <laughs> it's like, no, he, he hit a triple. <laughs> like, that's all it was. He's trying to win a baseball game. Like, yeah. And, and, and that's touching yeah. on another
1: thing is like, we, man, if you're rooting for failure of guys, uh, I'll say it again and again, we all can have our opinions. I, I love to be wrong about guys that I'm critical of. And I'm not saying Newman's one of them. Trust me. Right. I, I still don't think he is, but, uh, across any sport, if I'm critical, critical of a guy and he proves me wrong on a daily basis, Man, that is great! I will eat crow on that, and um, good for him. And and it's good for the team you're rooting for. Yeah. So it's such a weird. People are funny sometimes, Gary. Well, why I, I, mean,
0: I think in light of the, you know, the Dwayne Haskins situation this week, um, yeah, awful tragedy. Sure. I think it's it's important to kind of keep in mind that you can criticize them for what they do on the field, but personally you don't have any business <laughs> like getting involved in that stuff. And I see a lot of hate speech towards some of these guys that, and and the only reason to hate them is literally you want them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Or you don't want to be wrong. You know, or you don't want to be wrong. One of those two things, and, and either one of those, I'm sorry, is not acceptable as far as like just talking crap about a guy. If you want to say that this guy can't hit the broad side of a barn, that's fine. Whatever, that's a baseball thing. Fine. I know it's hyperbole. I know what it is. I think everybody understands that. But that doesn't mean you got to talk about like hoping he jumps off a bridge or something. Sure. You know, I I just don't understand that sort of thing, and I or, really hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then you just get to actively rooting. I mean, because if you're actively rooting against a player, you're actively rooting against the team that he's on, which is some which is a team that you profess to love. And so, um, you know, right. people just get carried away with it, and then and then it gets even into personal things. And that's whenever I'm just like, nah, you know what? We probably need to do a better job of calling that out a little bit on Twitter sometimes that uh, I don't claim fans like that for this town, for this city. Right. I'll, I'll never claim that. And um, sometimes people get people get way too carried away with it. It's
0: stuff that I tend to just ignore rather than engage, but maybe I shouldn't. You know, Maybe I should uh, take advantage of the louder voice that some of you have given me and use it. You know,
1: yeah. Sometimes it's exhausting because you see it too much, and then so you get desensitized to it. But um, I don't know. Um, every once in a while, it's probably good to make an example out of somebody. Um, that's how kind of the Jaggies got going. So maybe, uh, maybe that will be, maybe that'll be a factor in this, the awards next year too.
0: Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. We come back, we'll do call your shot, and then uh, let's do story time with Jim and Gary, huh?
1: Oh wow, that sounds um, that sounds very good. Let's do it.
0: All right. and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum um, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Um, coming right out of a break, it seems weird to go right back into one, but we're going to play the Call Your Shot right now. So here it is. Banshee reporting to you from PNG Field at the Curves Home Opener. And my question for you tonight be, there appears to be renewed interest in minor league teams since the lockout
1: do you believe fans have realized how important minor league teams are to their community as well as how important they are to keeping the sport alive or do you think this is any an important a storm reaction or is it all the above thanks for taking my question go curve and as always our let's go bucks
0: all right jim first of all first thing i gotta say is awesome costume right i
1: mean yes the commitment i love the commitment
0: she was decked out love it i gotta say man this city is just going to be insane if this team turns it around and really does it i I mean that's the kind of spirit that that exists right now to go to a minor league baseball game in the pirates affiliate system and i love it so that's great i love the passion The question, though, is the reason that this one got chosen, because, man, that's a tremendous question.
1: It really was.
0: The CBA negotiations definitely, definitely drove some people to be more interested in minor leagues. And this team in particular drove people to be interested in the minor leagues, because that's where all the exciting talent is. And they have been pointing downward for the best part of three years. Telling us to keep looking it's down there that's where it is it's coming keep watching it here here it comes look at that guy he's coming
1: yeah cer- certainly don't look here look right. look, look over here
0: right i mean it was we were getting close to like jim trudinich being like kai tom soon to be replaced by kanan smith and jigba <laughs> you know just about <laughs> just about but you know we sit there and and you watch the miners because of that um do I think people understand the importance of minor leagues to the game? Oh, boy. That's a tough one for me to answer, mostly because I do and kind of always have, and I love minor league baseball. It's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how you would escape it in major, in major league baseball. Everybody has been a minor league player. Everyone knows the lineage of the minor leagues, and and where you're coming from and who you've played with on the way up. And I, I think everybody understands the importance of it, but I do think that they have been driven to having a, a higher place on the pecking order in this market in particular, and probably across the league as people brace themselves for potentially not having major league baseball. What do you think, Jeff? You know,
1: I, my, my mind goes so many different directions with this. Um, and like you said, first of all, uh, great question. Um, I, the first thing I would recommend for people to do is if, if you've never, if you're a big baseball fan and you've never gone to a minor league game, I would go. I mean, I, I yeah. yeah, you know, I think you're only getting part of the pitcher, uh, uh, that, that baseball creates and, and, and paints for you
0: It's where and it's in it's purest form it, It's where it is. it's for the love Of the game and it is, it is man I used to go to West Virginia when we had the Black Bears And you know That's where I first saw Bear Bellamy Pitch you know and now I'm watching Bear Bellamy pitch in Altoona And yeah. I've seen Him pitch in three different levels Now and I'll always have that connection. I saw his debut in West Virginia, so I'll always have that connection with that player. I've watched him from the very beginning stages of, of being a professional baseball player, working his way up towards the major leagues. He may never make it, but it's, I'm a bear Bellamy fan because of that. You know,
1: it's a perfect example of of (coughs) why, of why people should do it. And, um, you get to see the game on a whole different level than uh than what you'd see at pnc park and you'll find that it's just as uh, enjoyable in, in in so many ways there's an intimacy to the game at, at, at that level and a closeness to it and then uh you, you see you just start to appreciate that that journey and the grind of those guys even if you don't know their names it's not glamorous and uh, it is truly for the love of the game. And um, every player that comes to the majors ha- has has experienced it. So I would just, I mean, if there's two things I would recommend, I would recommend minor league games, try them out, see what you think of them. I, I, I'd be shocked if you don't like it. And um, go to Cooperstown and see it on that level. But but see baseball, read the whole um, story. See it from the minors, through the majors, right. through some place like Cooperstown, New York and man, if you don't really start to appreciate baseball and what it means um, then I guess it's just not for you and maybe that's fine too, but it's a love story uh, for a lot of people and you got to read all the chapters in my opinion. Um, yeah,
0: so I guess You've probably been to one more recently than me, right? You were just in Richmond. So I was. Why don't we move right into story time then, brother?
1: Yeah. Um, so real quick, uh, I had a chance to go down and see the Curve play uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And they are the Richmond Flying Squirrels, and that is the uh, AA affiliate of of all teams, San Francisco Giants, which doesn't make a lot of sense geographically. <laughs> But uh, now, full disclosure: I was there because my all-time favorite baseball player in the world is Will Clark, and um, uh, he—he's uh, my hero in sports. And he was there doing a meet and greet, and I got to meet him, and that was awesome in and of itself. But then to be able to go and see, go down south and see another uh, minor league affiliate, and see what it means to that town, right. that city. That was their 12th straight sellout, Gary. It's uh, the
0: show there, yeah.
1: It is, man. And, you know, the ballpark, it's got some age on it, and they probably need a new one. And, um, you know, the, the, the city is is definitely going through a bit of a um, – uh, it, it, it could use some upgrading, the facilities and everything. But, man, none of that mattered that night. It was, it was uh, baseball fans – I saw pirate fans there. I saw Stargell jerseys. I was trading stories with people, uh, just, uh, meeting people that used to live in Newcastle, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah,
1: And, and they're uh, playing I, the
0: curve. So there's a little bit of a reason for them to be there. Right. Yeah. And, um,
1: I don't know, man, there's just this, uh, this baseball family and you get to talk to people and, uh, and share your experiences and some of your, um, Stories that you have had over the years, and uh, it was just a reminder to me is like um, how cool baseball can be on such a uh, uh, a simple level, and I, I just so enjoyed it. And now we're already talking about ma- making sure we get down to see the curve play. Uh, it's such a gem, and enough, uh, not enough people do it. I don't think.
0: No, it's it's something I've always really enjoyed doing. In um, fact. <laughs> And it was right after the pandemic really started taking hold. My wife and I my wife's from the middle of the state, so you know we we were going out towards Altoona anyway and uh, we knew that the ballpark was closed, but they were doing their practice circle there so you, you know, I'm such a baseball junkie i we drove up to to png and i I stood outside taking pictures of them playing, you know um even though they were just practicing. I I love it. The atmosphere is incredible. Um, it is. Everybody that's there is there because they love baseball, not because it's to be seen. Um, it's not the thing to do in town. It's something that the whole community comes together over. You know, like, I I, love I
1: it. saw it, I saw it firsthand, and um, you know, I was in baseball having that night, man. You know, for me, first of all, it's baseball. Will Clark, I got to see Matt Frazier play. I got to see uh, Nick Gonzalez play and Pagero and Tanaj Thomas pitched. And, I mean, it was just like baseball overload for me. But you get to see the absolute um, hard work and all the behind the scenes, the not not fancy part of the game. I wish I had a better way to say that. Uh, And just that grind that these guys go through. And then, so when they do reach the majors, if the, if they do, you appreciate it so much more, and um, it gives you a connection to the game that I don't think maybe you get if you're just a fan of the major league
0: team. Well, the beauty too on a night like you went is everybody there gets to see a you know a, a borderline Hall of Famer at least mm-hmm. who made it came through there, thrived, you know, became the thrill, right? <laughs> Everybody there sees him and just goes, it could be me.
1: And, you know, I found out something very interesting. He is actually – Will Clark is actually still involved with the Giants uh, on a, um organizational level, and he's essentially a guy that they send around to fix guys. He's still a fixer. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like an executive special hitting assistant for the giants. And that's, he had been there all week working with guys that they wanted specific, um, uh, tutelage with. And I thought that was so cool. And I mean, remember this is the guy first major league at bat. Who does he hit a home? He hits a home run. Who is it off of Nolan Ryan to right. dead, to dead center field. He is, he's, he's a legend. And, um, yeah, so you get to see that kind of an example of a guy like that. And um, that's what those guys are fighting for, and to even get a taste of something like that. And I mean uh, imagine, like, awesome, Gary.
0: Imagine like just a year from now, fifty or sixty people on Twitter will be crying for them to never not have an at bat. <laughs> it's going to be crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, then, and that's how we get to the point we do when we get to the, uh, the, uh, Diego Castillas it's, of the world. I guess It's funny
0: because we just talked about it and then like basically story time with Jim kind of fanboy. Well, no, but it kind of led us back to, um, why it gets that way. Because
1: yeah, you, you fail out and,
0: when you go and see them play on that level, you have a whole new appreciation. Like, you're thinking of these guys like, um, you know, Kevin Newman. You see him at, at PNC Park. He's not going to walk up to you in the hallway as soon as the game's over. You're not going to run into him in the bathroom. You might at a minor league game. You really might. <laughs> like, oh, you,
1: the interactions I had there the other night were interesting.
0: Yeah. It, it's there, There's
1: a closeness to it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, it's just a completely different thing I mean, you go to any random restaurant in Altoona You might run into a player You might run into a table of players In fact, if yes. you do, knowing what you know I would suggest that you do something really tangible for them Instead of tweeting about wanting them to get a fair shake And pick up the bill for their table <laughs> That's so, right This is what the wife yeah. and I did when we were out at the spaghetti place So, like Hey, and those that.
1: guys, those guys, they uh, just even acknowledging who they are and the the in the, in the um, uh, kind of effort and seasons maybe that they, that that they're having and uh, just getting recognized. They yeah. love that stuff. I mean, you're not bothering those dudes. Trust me.
0: Right. They're not to that you're point not. yet. So and let me
1: and let me just add one more cool thing that uh, I got a little bit of fever because I saw. Never, I, this is something I didn't expect to see, and I got to see it uh, this close to my face. And let me tell you what: I hope someday we get to see this. Will Clark had his uh, World Series ring on. Yeah. And uh, it was unfortunately he did not get one as a player, even though he was uh, an amazing postseason player. But uh, he he earned one as a member of right. special uh, you assistant. Know, special assistant and he had it on and it was about this close to my face and uh uh maybe maybe someday the pirates can get one of those because i'm going to tell you what it's it's more beautiful than you could ever imagine up close like that so, so we're gonna see Bryce uh,
0: get one when he's in atlanta this year so that's true um I guess that leads into my story time, which was the home opener. Oh, so. yeah,
1: yeah. You have a story, too. I, see, I, I want to do a three-hour podcast, and I'm just going to talk about what happened down there. But <laughs> you actually got to go. I would have been there with you had this not been the same exact day, but duty called. So 15-year-old Jim had to get down I to see Will it. Clark.
0: I completely so, get yeah. it.
1: Tell me about it, dude. It sounded like it was awesome.
0: Yeah, so I went to the home opener with my kid, um, did a little meet-up, ran into um, – Josh and Jake from uh, Bridge to October podcast. They were there. Their wives. Very nice to meet them. Josh and Alan. Um, oh, so many other people. It's hard to remember everybody that, <laughs> that we met. But um, good time. Really, really enjoyed it. I got peanut heaven seats on purpose because I wanted to be like real far away. And I like to get a lot of nice pictures that I use on my website. So. I like, if I sit up real high, I get a lot of nice views, and that's what I was doing. But watching the you're crowd a, come in you're slowly. A man of
1: the, you're a man of the people, Gary.
0: <laughs> well, watching the crowd come in slowly, though, I was getting worried, actually. I kind of thought it wasn't going to be a good turnout. But my, my son and I got there so early, we were in there in plenty of time watching the festivities and everything. Joe Grushecki sang the national anthem, which was really cool uh joe meganello threw out the first pitch good stuff
1: saw that my wife made sure to point that out to me on social media of course (laughs) go
0: on well hey you had your man crush and she gets
1: (laughs) i got to meet the love of my life so
0: yeah so but all in all man it filled out after the security lines kind of cleared up and everything and uh, it was a pretty packed house um didn't give him a lot to be loud about, but everybody cheered and it was, was a good time. I think for everybody, it was nice to be back in the ballpark for a proper opening day, man. It's been a long (laughs) couple years. uh, Yes, it has everything that we've been through as a country and the, the sports been through. It's just really nice to see everybody be able to kind of come together and just appreciate having a baseball game again. Um, well no one day it, nobody talks about whether they're good or bad. It's just about watching a baseball game.
1: Yeah, and, and knowing you, uh I I imagine there you took a second to take it all in and and, and uh oh, yeah. and appreciate it and savor it for a few seconds. And I hope everyone does that when they go because yeah, we take it for granted. But it had been a while and um it sounds like uh I don't know if it was a sellout, but it sounds like they were close.
0: I think it was really close. Um, The the home opener is that one time of the year where I feel a regular baseball fan that doesn't really experience the minor leagues can experience as close as you're going to get to it. Because uh, not the intimacy maybe, but you get the uh, the feeling of just – being there because you love the game of baseball you're enjoying the day out everybody's doing this together nobody tries to leave early at least it's not like the normal pittsburgh leave early exodus it was more a uh, few people trickled out maybe after the eighth or something but it, for the most part it stayed pretty packed good time man i really enjoyed it we lost 2-1 but you don't even care that day, really.
1: You know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, sounds like the weather was good. I mean, our our buddy Quintana, uh, he actually uh, looked decent from what I heard. Maybe and uh, yeah did d- did he in fact even it, it, up close and personal? I assume he looked pretty decent.
0: He looked sharp to me. Really, he was kind of doing what he wanted. Um, Suzuki's the only guy that touched him, mm-hmm. and. You know, just for good measure he touched the next pitcher too. So sure. it's it's not like um it's not like that guy hasn't been on a tear. He's only struck out twice this whole year. So right. um actually so, he's so, only swung and missed twice this whole year. So So all
1: all in all, um it sounds like even though we were in two different parts of the country on the same day, um we were both just uh Fully enjoying the game of baseball on completely yep. different levels, but isn't it funny how it all kind of it all kind of feels the same at the end of the day? You're there because you love baseball.
0: Absolutely, man. That's what it's all about. In fact, that's what this podcast is all about. At The end of the day, we love baseball, and that's why we talk about it. And I, I appreciate some of the news that we've had to report in the last two podcasts. We do the last two we've gotten to talk about something really positive that has come, which is signing of two very important players for this team and proof that they want to move forward. Now start building now. I think that's what we've been waiting for.
1: This is as hopeful as you can be as a pirate fan in a long time, you know? And I think if you start thinking about Hayes being here and, Look what he's just done here in this these first four or five games. Yeah. And then you know, you, you you you've got you've put a bridge out now, you've built a bridge for Brian Reynolds, hopefully. And you've got crews coming. I mean, like, um, and then just sitting down there and watching Altoona play and seeing that lineup. And I mean, even yeah. if you even if you get one or two guys out of that, one or two. I mean, this is as hopeful as you can be as a Pirate fan in a long time. And, um, you know, I'm not saying we got to get carried away with it. I think we do a good job of staying even keel about it. But it's okay to acknowledge right now that there could be some some better days and some more hopeful days and hopefully some winning baseball coming for this organization sooner rather than later.
0: Right. And none of that adds up to I want it now. So – some people ain't going to be happy no matter what with that (laughs) this year. But I'm just saying, like, if you want to be hopeful, they've certainly tried to give you some signs recently. And I don't think you're going to see it in the record this year. I think we our predictions said that, but I do think by the end of the year, I think you're going to feel a lot better about where they're headed than you do right now. I really do. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a good place to end this week, man. It was a good episode.
1: It was, and uh, we'll try to get Doug back on. He had some technical difficulties, uh, and uh, he's always somebody uh, that, that's a good guest to have on. But I feel terrible yeah, man. for him
0: because we even jumped on and tested his equipment yesterday to make sure it all worked. And then today he must have like uh, airplanes going over his house or something because it just wasn't happening. So he's
1: He's got the uh, AOL.com desk that was uh, acting up on him, so we'll have to get that figured out. but Now, dude, this was a fun episode just because I feel like so many times we're slogging through some unpleasant things in baseball, be it nationally or in Pittsburgh, and uh, it's good. It feels good not to have to do that every time out.
0: Yeah, you got to, every once in a while, not be pulling for positivity. It's just got to happen. Right. So, hey, without further ado, let's go ahead and say let's go Bucks" from Jim and Gary, and let's hear a cool little kid say it now. Get your butt!